we're going to go ahead and get started tonight. I don't have a bulletin with me, so I'm going to go off the hip. I know we have Heart to Heart coming up soon, 21st, in the fellowship hall. Are we eating? Are you going to send out something to tell us? Okay, Robin will be sending stuff out for help. And then we have men's Bible study. We have, what did you say? And men's breakfast on the 18th. But the Bible study is not until the next Saturday. First Saturday of the month. And that's something new they've started. This will be your third time. And I heard this morning it was really good. So what am I missing? I guess we're missing anything. Okay, then we're going to go ahead and worship. If y'all want to stand on your feet tonight. We're just going to thank him for, for his presence in this house. God, we do thank you, God, for being here when we showed up today, God. Father, we thank you that you never leave. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this service, Lord. Father, just move in a mighty way tonight. Just release your presence upon us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead, guys. waters. I won't go under. I won't drown. And when I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. And when I'm broken and done to nothing, I know that you are always up to something good. I know that you Jesus for your leading and your guiding God we thank you Father for the drawing of the Holy Spirit Lord 
we thank you, God, for that peace that comes upon us, God, when we release ourselves unto you, God. Father, you're worthy tonight of all of our praise, Lord. Help us to never take you for granted, God.
to God. We worship to draw his ear to our attention so that we can offer up our praise, Father. Father, we just want to do that tonight, God. We just want to offer up our praise, God. Hallelujah. Sometimes myself, I get in too big of a hurry and I forget all the things that he's worthy for. Worship is a good time, not only to remind ourselves, but to speak it out into the atmosphere, how worthy He is. He's worthy of our praise for our health. He's worthy of our praise for our everyday life. He's worthy of all praise for everything that He's done for us, that He's doing right now, and everything that He's going to do in the future. Father, we just want to take this opportunity, God to worship you and honor you, Lord, not only with our words of this song, God, but with our hearts and with our souls, God, with our spirits, Lord. Y'all know this one. You're going to have to sing with me.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just continue to do that, would you? Father, we bless your name. We magnify Jesus, Lord of all. You are our hope. You are our peace. You are our joy. You are our life. You are our reason. In you we find our purpose. In you we find our meaning. And Lord, we worship. We worship you. We want you magnified, Jesus. We want you glorified. We want you to receive from us. So Lord, may you be blessed tonight. Honor this setting with your presence, Lord, and move among us just as you desire. Have your perfect way, Father. Bless your name. Bless your name. God is good, amen. So very good. God bless your hearts. You can be seated. Thank the Lord for his goodness. We're going to receive an, a Sunday evening tithe and offering. If you were not able to give your tithe or offering this morning, uh, an opportunity to be given. And we want to be a blessing to the Lord. Thank God. Thank God that we can give to him and he blesses us. Amen. Uh, you know, taxes may go up, but tithes do not. Uh, it's tithe is a tenth. And thank God that we give God back that tenth and he blesses us. Uh, would you look at me just a moment because I would like with this prayer for the offering, I'd like for you to pray for the deacon board and for this week of interviews and all that they're doing. They, they desperately need the backing of the church and the prayers of the church. So agree with me, Father, right now we pray. We pray, Father, for this offering that you would bless it and those that give, honor them as they live by your principle. May they enjoy your promise. And Father, we pray for the deacon board and, and for all the activities of the week. We pray, Father, for the interviews and, and all of the face-to-face the -face conversation. We pray that truth would be revealed. We pray that right would be revealed. And Lord, more than anything, we pray that your will would be done. So, Father, lead and guide the deacon board, and may they hear from you, and, and may you select, may you select the next pastor. And may, may the deacon board be able to say what the early church did, and that is that it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, that there is such an agreement that your Holy Spirit is right there guiding through every decision. So, Lord, you bless, you anoint, you equip this deacon board, and your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. you be a blessing place to your musicians. God bless you. I appreciate you very, very much. You're a blessing. This church is lacking nothing. Amen. Amen. I didn't mean to catch you off guard. Uh, this church is lacking nothing, uh, except maybe about 300 people. Yeah, we need about three, 400 more people in here. Amen. And I, I believe it's coming. Church, stay obedient to the Lord. Keep going forward. And, and again, God's given me a message for you tonight. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I think you know me by now. I don't take this lightly. I, I have put in study. I have prayed, sought God. And honestly, any preacher that would stand before you isn't worth anything unless he does that. And so I can tell you, I've got a word for you. My challenge to you before I even start is let it be a word from the Lord to you. As long as it lines up with truth, and don't, don't believe the guy behind the pulpit if he's just talking, but hear the word, and if, as long as it's based upon the word of God, let God speak to you through his word. I pray, Father, you're anointing right now. Anoint this word that you've given me for these people. I pray, Father, that you would use it, and 
Father, speak to these that are here in attendance, those that are joining by way of live stream, and those that may even listen to this message later on this week. We pray for your will to be done. May your word come alive just as you desire it to be, that living word that speaks to hearts. And your will be done, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of the message this evening is Times, notice the plural there, Times of Refreshing. Amen. Find with me in your Bible, Acts chapter 3. I want to show you a biblical principle. Thank God that there are times of refreshing. Uh, very critical. It's critical. And, and let me be, again, nothing but honest and blunt with you. This deacon board, these leaders of your church, need a time of refreshing. Uh, this church body needs a time of refreshing. Uh, your music pastor, this music worship team needs a time of refreshing. And if you would go with me to Acts. When you look at Acts chapter 3, verse 7, we see the very first miracle after Jesus' death and ascension. Uh, we have the early church. And if you'll remember with me, it's um, Peter and John going into the house of prayer. He's met there by a gate, by a guy laying at the gate, and the guy has been lame from birth. Later on in the story, I think it's uh, chapter 4 and verse 22, 4 and 22, gives us his age. Uh, he's been lame for over 40 years. Uh, at the time of the miracle, it's given us the indication that he's never walked. And so this guy for over 40 years has never walked. And now as Peter and John are coming into the, the house of the Lord for prayer, uh, they're, they're met by this man who is in essence, a beggar. He's asking for alms. He's asking for a gift of money. And if you remember with me, Peter and John said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And the guy, it says, leaped up and went into the temple with them, leaping and praising the Lord. That's the first miracle after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then we see something that happens, and I believe that this is something that we in the church need to learn. And let me say it and then see if you agree with me, and that is, is this. One of the things that we need to learn in the church is that if anything of any value takes place in the church, we need to be very quick to give all the glory to Jesus. Amen. Are you with me? It's not because some man, it's not because some dude or dudette, it's only because of Jesus. Jesus showed up. Jesus moved, Jesus healed, Jesus restored. It's all because of him. And notice in the early church, they got it. Uh, chapter 3, verse 11 of Acts. It says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's. They were greatly amazed. And when Peter saw it, when he saw all these people and all this commotion, them coming around, he responded to the people, and this is what he says, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined, Pilate was determined to let him go. Verse 14, but you denied the Holy One. Now this is roughly about two months after the death, the crucifixion of Christ. We know Passover to Pentecost is 50 days. This is a little bit past that, so a good guess would they be. This is about two months after the death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, verse 14, but you denied the Holy One and the just. And you asked for, was it Barabbas? You asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead, of which we are all witnesses. Verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, uh, we cannot 
overemphasize the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Please understand, it is through His name, it is in His name, notice with me, and His name through faith in His name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through Him, Jesus, has given this man this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also our rulers. Talking about the crucifixion of Christ. You did it in ignorance, not really knowing what you was doing. Verse 18, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that the Christ, the Messiah, the Christ, the Messiah, the Christos, the anointed one, the Messiah, that the Messiah would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. He has suffered. He died on the cross. Can you say amen? Isaiah 53 said he would be wounded for our transgressions. He'd be bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace would be laid upon him. And by his stripes, we would be healed. And so just as the prophets have said, Jesus did it. He, he fulfilled it. He suffered just like he said. Now go to verse 19. This is now what we do. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Very critical. Both of them. Repent is, I'm sorry for what I did. Converted means I don't want to do it again. Okay? Some people have this misconception. I come to church, get saved, and then I go back to the bar tomorrow. No. That's not conversion. That's just sorry. You know, true repentance is more than just being sorry for what you did. If you want to find a bunch of sorry people, sorry people, that is, didn't sound right. Uh, if you want to find a bunch of people who are sorry, uh, talk to people in prison. Everybody in prison are sorry. They're sorry they got caught. Are you with me? There's a difference between being sorry that you got caught and being sorry that you did it. Because true repentance, verse 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus. Let me tell you, God sends Jesus every time we gather together. Matthew 18, Jesus said, when two or more gather together in my name, what? I'm right there with them. Okay, he sends Jesus. And, and note with me again, it says, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Every time Jesus shows up, we ought to expect a time of refreshing because it's from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration. He, Jesus has gone away, but he's coming back to the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world begun. That's a wonderful, wonderful reading. Now, if you would, let's break it up together and then let's get right into what our application. If you would, in verse 12, in Peter's message, he focused and turned attention completely to Jesus. In verse 12, he wanted the people to know that the power source for the healing of this man, lame from birth, was not them. Don't look at us like we did it. Have you ever been in somebody's ministry that they wanted to take credit for something God did? I'm gonna tell you, run from that person. Anyone that would attempt to, you know, say, well, wasn't that pretty special coming from me? Uh, no, run, <laughs> uh, vote them out. Anybody say amen? Uh, verse 13 through 15, Peter preached, the servant of God, this is Jesus. Uh, notice the different names that, that now are given to the name of Jesus. Jesus preached Jesus, the servant of God, the holy one, the just, and the prince of life. I love what Jesus called himself, the seven I am's of John. You know, uh, I am the door, I am the vine, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the light of the world, I'm the bread of life, I'm the way, the truth, the life, I'm the resurrection and life, the seven I am's of Christ. There's many names given for Christ, and here Peter gives the servant of God, the holy one, the just, and the prince of life. Verse 16, it was faith in his name that brought the healing. I'm gonna tell you people, it is faith in the name of Jesus Christ that we see the miracle, the change that God wants to bring. It's the faith in Jesus Christ. Then in chapter, in verse 19, part A, in the very first part of, part, uh, of verse 19, Peter gives our response. And he says, repent, which means literally to acknowledge our sin 
and to ask for forgiveness. We repent, say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Convert means to turn from your sin, and there's a conversion that takes place. In other words, I don't want to do that again. I, I'm, I'm going to convert. I'm going to turn my life from that. That's conversion. Now, as a result of our obedience, our sins are blotted out. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, there's books in which one day people will be judged from. There's also a book. Revelation 20 tells us about a book. The book, trust me, you want your name in the book. The book is the book of life. The books are the books that all the deeds of mankind, everybody who is judged by God will not have any question about why they're going to hell. They're going to be judged according to the deeds in the books. Um, we think in, from a finite mind, very limited by time. Eternity has no time limitation. So everyone will be judged according to the deeds in the books. But what we find when we repent and we're converted, we find that there's a blotting out of our sins. That means that in those books, the blood of Jesus Christ blots out all our transgressions and there's nothing recorded. Isn't that great? I love that. So you go to your name and you go, well, nothing there to read. All I see is blood marks. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ blotting out all of the deeds that would be, we would be judged for. Uh, in part B of 19, it concludes with a promise that I believe is available for the church, which honestly, again, I'm, I want to just be transparent with you, which I believe this church needs desperately. It's a promise. 19, part B. In the New King James, it says, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So that there would be, now, and I love that plural, because the reality is some of us Christians get a hang up on, we do it one time. Let me tell you, the blessings of the Lord are continual. You know, it's not that I spoke in tongues one time when I got baptized. I speak with tongues daily, you know. Thank God. And the reality is, is we ought to continually be blessed of the Lord, continually be refreshed of the Lord. And that's God's plan. Now, there are times in our Christian walk, and, and again, just very honest with you, there's times in our Christian walk we really don't need instruction. We really don't need correction. We really don't need challenged. We really don't even need inspired. And I'll be honest, we don't even need convicted. There's times in our Christian walk that what we desperately need is refreshed. We just need this refreshing to come from the presence of the Lord. There's times that this is the craving of our heart. And let's understand exactly what that word means, if you will, please. What is refreshing there at the bottom? Refreshing means to replenish energy to go on. I'm going to tell you the, the deacon board's a little bit fatigued, and they're going to need some refreshing. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to preach to you. It's time for you to be refreshed, replenish energy to go on. Uh, there needs refreshing is restoration after stressful circumstances. Sounds like it was written for this church. Refreshing is recovering of happiness, recovering of joy. Refreshing is to make new again, to be like brand new. That's what refreshing is. So in our Christian life, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking to, about all of us, not just this church, but Discovery Church where, where I'm in, involved in, uh, there are times when all of us need times of refreshing refreshing from the presence of the Lord. What do we need? We need things to be made new again. We need a fresh contact with God. We need to replace fatigue with a renewed energy. Uh, we need what has become redundant to become exciting again. Amen. There's such a thing as just doing it because you've always done it. And let me tell you, then it becomes a rut, it becomes a ritual, it becomes a redundance, and it becomes a complacency. And what you need desperately is to be refreshed. If you will, let's, let's get into it, and that is why. Number one, why refreshing is needed. Uh, John 16 and 33, Jesus said, In the world you'll have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. In 2 Timothy 3 and 12, it says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're a Christian, if you're not a chameleon Christian, but I mean you're not blending in with your environment, if you're standing boldly for Jesus Christ, you're going to suffer persecution. People are going to be critical of you. 
uh, if you will, 2 Timothy 3 and 1 tells us that in last days, I believe we're living in the last days. Matthew, if you will, study Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13. All of them speak of man in relationship with man, man in relationship with God, man in relationship with the environment. Man in relationship with the environment says earthquakes, pestilences, and diseases. COVID was an end-time event. The earthquake in Turkey is an end-time event. You may say amen. See, we're living in a time just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. And I think everyone in here, if you can say amen, would, would agree with me, we're living in perilous times. We're living in a time where Christians have got to be refreshed. If you'll notice with me, 1 Timothy 6 and 12, just fight the good fight of faith. Uh, uh, you you got to just, every Christian's got to fight for your faith. Second Se Timothy 2 and 3 says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So the reality is just being a Christian, you're going to have to have times of refreshing. There's going to be times when you go through difficulty. There, uh, I would love to tell you that you become a Christian and the birds are going to, you know, sometimes those birds just poop on you. Uh, the, uh, sometimes it's not so good. You might say, man, sometimes it's the pits. It, it's just called life. Amen. And so just living, I need times of, thank you all for putting up with my sense of humor. You know, so some, not everybody understands it. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you would, please notice with me, spiritual fatigue is real. Don't let anybody tell you different. Uh, let me, as a pastor, tell you, you can be spiritually wore out. Spiritual fatigue is just, it's very real. Uh, if you will, dealing with the tribulation of this world will wear you out. Uh, suffering, persecution due to being a Christian, your commitment to Christ. I had guys when I was a fireman, they made it their objective to make my life miserable because they were going to try to get me to cuss in front of them. And then they'd try to get their girlfriends to come up and flirt with me. They, they wanted to see me fall. And I know some of you work in that environment. You understand what I'm talking about. And understand just rubbing shoulders with the world. Uh, no, fighting a good fight to protect our faith is fatiguing. Uh, enduring hardship as a good soldier is fatiguing. Each of those represents spiritual fatigue. Our response to spiritual fatigue today will determine our spiritual victory tomorrow. Amen. I'm going to tell you, church, you've got to get victory, and, and we're going to have an altar call here in a few moments. I'd love to have 100%, because what I would love to see you deal with your spiritual fatigue tonight so you can be ready for your victory tomorrow. That, that is critical. See, we can allow our fatigue to make the tribulation unbearable. You can allow your fatigue to make the persecution more than you can handle. You can allow the fatigue to reach the place where the fight is too difficult. You can allow the fatigue to reach the place where the hardship is past your ability to endure it. Or... You can learn to confront your fatigue by entering into a time of refreshing. Refreshing is God's antidote for fatigue. Amen. Thank God there is an antidote for God from God for everything the enemy tries to throw at us. God's got a promise for every problem. Anybody say amen? And here's the promises, times of refreshing. There's a time of refreshing for you dealing with the spiritual fatigue that you're right now enduring. Um, a young man met a wise elderly guy, which kind of looked like me, I guess, uh, at a crossroad in his life. He asked the wise man, which way to success? The elderly gentleman pointed down the right path and said, this is the correct way to go. The choice is this way. The young man, excited about approaching success, rushed down that road, headed towards success. From a distance, you could hear a loud crash. The young man returned to the wise counselor, bruised and beaten, and asked, which way is success? Again, the wise gentleman points down the same road, same path, and, and, and he said nothing. The young man quickly races off the second time down the same path, and from a 
distance, you hear a little bit louder crash. The young man returns to his counselor, beaten and bruised and wounded, and says, two times I've asked you the way to the success, and both times have ended with a crash. Talk to me. Tell me which way to success. And the elderly wise gentleman once again pointed down the right path, and he said this, success is that way, just past the crash. Amen. I'm going to tell you, church, success is just past the crash. Amen. Don't give up just because there's been a crash. Boy, there ought to be more amens than that. I said, don't give up just because there's been a crash. Because you've experienced a few crashes, I think four. And the reality is, yeah, there's been a crash, and yeah, there's another crash, and yeah, that didn't work out. But let me tell you, don't give up just because you've had a crash. Success is just past the crash. I, I, I'm going to tell you, most of us are old enough that we've experienced some of these things. Uh, in my life, I've found that the blessings of the Lord is right after a difficult time. Uh, as a pastor, I've seen the greatest moves of God just right after a real spiritual conflict. Uh, we were in Coweta. We went into Coweta, and it, we started on a Wednesday night with 17 people. When we left, the church was running about 650, 700 people. God really blessed in Coweta. And the reality was most of them were new converts coming to the Lord. When we were in Coweta, it was on Easter Sunday, and there was a gentleman that came in trying to disrupt our, our service. He literally, literally was yelling and trying to just disrupt everything. We took a stand against him, and I, from behind the pulpit, I said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And, and it caused him to stop, and, and then he went out, and I watched him as he left, and when he went out the door, he did it like this, and it looked like the Holy Spirit just kind of kicked him in the rear. And, and literally kicked him out. And, and what happened was, I, I didn't know anything, but the next day I found out that he was the priest of the high satanic church of Wagner County. And he came into that church for the purpose to disrupt. I'm going to tell you, after that happened, because everybody was watching it, after that happened, every man in that church, now, these are cowboys. Kuita, uh, we had rodeo guys, you know, bull riders, ropers, and we had, a, I'm a city dude, and had all these cowboys in there, you know. God just gave us favor with cowboys. We saw cowboys getting saved, and they'd go to the rodeos, ask me to come to a rodeo and pray. Next thing you know, cowboys were getting saved and just loaded up the church, which was special. But after that service, I had every, every man in that service came up to me personally and said, Pastor, we got you back. They saw what happened. They saw the enemy at work, and it stirred those men up. They said, we ain't going to let that happen here. Amen. I love that. Amen. It's time for us to get into the spiritual fight, church. The enemy wants to destroy your church. He does. He doesn't want this church going forward. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get in the battle. But now you need refreshed so you can fight the fight tomorrow. Please understand where you're at and where God wants to take you. Spiritual success is just past fatigue. Spiritual success is just past your fatigue. We need to not give up. We need to not quit just because there's been a crash. We need to get up dust ourselves off, and now go again. Uh, tribulation, persecution, hardship will come to each of us, and we must develop spiritual endurance. You're going to have to toughen up. You're going to have to unite together like never before, and it's time to toughen up and to endure. Times of refreshing, they revive us, they strengthen us, they energize us to be able to keep going past the crash. Refreshing is needed because of the daily challenges. All of us deal with them. So my challenge to you is don't give up. Don't throw up your hands and quit. Don't say, well, it was hard. I just can't make it. No, don't do that. Just realize, yeah, there's been a crash. But now get up, be refreshed, and now go on. Go on for God. The reality is all of us, all of us need refreshing. 
Point number one, why is it needed? It's needed because we're alive. And because I live for Christ, I need refreshing. Number two is, where is it found? Where is this refreshing found? Well, you know where it is. In 2 Corinthians, I love 3 and 7. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Um, liberty in some translations is freedom. A lot of times people use that, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but it, but it is not written for this, but many times people use that for worship services and, and having church. And they say that in the Spirit of the Lord, when the Lord is moving here, there is a freedom. And that is true. That, that is very true. But when you read the context of the verse, it was given for you in your everyday life, not just a church service. It's for you to live because where the Spirit of the Lord is, if you're a born-again believer, the Spirit of the Lord dwells inside of you. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. And understand that presence of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is there for refreshing. That is the work of the presence of the Lord. Notice with me Acts 3 and 19. Times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. So understand, it is not me persuading you to be refreshed. I can't talk you into refreshment. The only source of refreshment is Jesus Christ. You've got to come into the presence of the Holy Spirit, and now you've got to recognize the freedom and the liberty in the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and refresh you. It is from Him and from Him alone. See, through the Holy Spirit, you can be transformed. You can be transformed from discouraged to encouraged. You can be transformed from wore out to renewed. Hallelujah. You can be transformed from out of breath to revived. You can be transformed from fatigued to refreshed. That's what the Holy Spirit wants. To, and he's very good at it. Uh, Isaiah, if you will, Isaiah 28 and 11. Uh, you Bible students, uh, you know, that would be a great this week's study. Because this is a prophetic word that I believe was a prophetic word kind of hidden in Scripture pointing to what happened in Acts chapter 2. And notice with me. It says, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to his people to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. I'm going to tell you, if anyone ought to know refreshing, it's a Pentecostal church. Because I'm going to tell you, you speak it in other tongues, you come in, in contact with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit moving inside of you is more than just a shout. It's the Holy Spirit doing a work inside of you. And, and one of those works, according to Scripture, is a refreshing. Uh, what does Jude say? Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. What did Paul say? He said, I will pray with understanding, I'll pray with tongues. That tells me this, I will speak with understanding and, and I will speak without understanding. I will speak in a tongue. So when I pray without understanding, I'm praying in a tongue. So please understand, church, God wants you to pray in the Spirit, to pray with the tongue. And when you pray with stammering lips and another tongue, that's a time of refreshing. God wants to build your faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, notice with me, where the Spirit is, there's this freedom. And I want the freedom of the Holy Spirit to be able to operate in me and me to yield to Him and let there be that special time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Freedom from guilt, freedom from condemnation, strength to be able to go on. You know, Paul and I was at Sand Springs for about 13 years, and, and I was there while on the fire department. Tulsa Fire Department, you're on 24, off 48. And it was while I was there that I went back to Southwestern Assembly of God University and finished up my bachelor's degree and was also in the youth ministry, youth pastor at First Assembly in Sand Springs. Uh, there was a summer day that I got off from the church, came home, Paul and Martha and Rebecca were at home, and I'd walked in the living room, we'd kind of had our greeting time, and then our neighbor just burst into the house, and that's not normal. Uh, she just ran into the house, didn't even knock on the door, ring the doorbell. She ran in the house, said, Gary, come quick, and turned and ran back. And I, of course, followed her, went in her backyard, and there was a 
little, about a three-month-old baby that drowned in her pool. I mean, was drowned. What had happened was the dad had watched on TV teaching babies how to swim, and the dad was deaf. And he kept throwing her, his baby in, throwing it in, and couldn't hear that the baby was gurgling every time it was filling up its lungs with water and kept throwing it. And then the baby sank to the bottom and literally drowned. When I, when I got over there, the baby was blue and lifeless. And, and, and of course, my fire technology kind of kicked in and, and start, gave the baby a couple, you know, when you give mouth to mouth to a baby, you just fill up your cheeks with air. You don't push from your diaphragm because you'll explode their lungs. But if you'll just from your cheeks, you can give them mouth to mouth. I gave the baby a couple of, you know, breaths of air, flipped her over, induced vomiting, put, put her back, and she, ah! And then picked her up and hugged her, and about that time, the fire department showed up. Um, that baby is in her 30s now. She's a Facebook friend. And about every year, you know, she'll kind of send me a Facebook message Say, I still, you know, thank you for that day, you know. And of course, she was about like that, you know. How, how old was she? Nine months? Okay. She was about like that, you know. And, uh, and so thank God. But I can tell you, church, you don't revive the lost. The lost are dead, spiritually dead. They, knew, they need new life. You revive Christians. Are you with me? That's why we call it revival. A revival is a reviving of Christians, bringing Christians back to life. Um, the sinner, the lost, they're dead. You, you can't revive a sinner because there's no life in them. But a believer can be revived. There's life inside a believer. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may be not all you need to be. It's time for refreshing. It's time for reviving. Amen. It's time to be able to let the breath of the Holy Spirit be breathed inside of you and you experience a refreshing that flows from the presence of the Lord. Anybody say amen? amen. That's what God wants to do for you, even tonight. If you would note where it comes from, it comes from the Holy Spirit. The last point, and it's this, how to receive. It's available, just like we preached this morning. It kind of, and if you don't mind me being blunt, I, I, I don't know why I'm apologizing, I just do it anyway. But the reality is, it's kind of like that saying, the ball's in your court. It's kind of like Saul this morning. This is all going to set up, but, but Saul, the ball's going to be in your court. You know, the occasion is there. You've got to do what the occasion demands, but it's up to you. And it's the same here. Refreshing is available from the presence of the Lord, but he's not going to force it off on you. Not, notice the way to receive. One is you must realize you need it. You know, don't be those spiritual snobs. Oh, I don't need anything. Um, yeah. mm. You need it. Uh, number two, you must want to receive it. You've got to want it. Number three, you must move towards the source. And the last, you got to ask for it. I want your refreshing. I want the refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. I want to be renewed. I'm fatigued. I'm wore out. This has been such a taxing time. And I'm just ready for a renewal, a refreshing that comes from your presence. I don't want to just do this just to do it. I want to do it because I've got an anointing and I've got an equipping and an empowering of your Holy Spirit because I've been refreshed by you. Because see, I believe in ministry. I can only give you what I've received. And I receive mine when I'm alone with him and he refreshes me. And now I give you what he gave me. But the reality is all of us need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the tribulation we deal with is unavoidable. It happens to all of us. The persecution, it's real. It's real for all of us. The fight, the fight is daily. All of us. The hardship is faced by every soldier. If you're a soldier for Christ, uh, you, uh, you've got, as a soldier, you've got to face that hardship. But thank God we can experience times of refreshing. 
It doesn't have to be bad today and get worse tomorrow. We can have a refreshing, a renewing, a renewed excitement. In the Old Testament, I, found a, uh, I find an example of someone who did not do it, but God got his attention, and that's Elijah. Now, I'm telling you, you need this as a man, as a woman of God. And in fact, I, I would like, let me just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. At the conclusion, if you could just put a song on in the back, and I'm not going to ask for the worship team to come to the platform, because I would like 100% of us to gather around the altars. Because I'm going to tell you, your worship team needs refreshed too. They need to know that you're behind them, that you're encouraging them. But more than anything, they need the refreshing that comes from the Holy Spirit. But Elijah, Elijah was a man that was used mightily by God. When I read in Scripture, he proclaimed a drought. He increased oil and flour for the widow. He raised a dead boy back to life. He called fire down out of heaven. And then 1 Kings chapter 19, he did something totally unexpected. He ran. He got depressed. He got discouraged. What it shows us in chapter 19, verse 3, and when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. The that that he saw the previous verse talks about Jezebel. Jezebel said, in 24 hours, by this time tomorrow, Elijah, you're going to be dead. And when he saw that, he ran for his life. He responded to Jezebel totally unexpected from a powerful, strong man of God. Understand, fatigue robbed Elijah from the right response. He ought to just looked at the old hussy and said, you old hussy. <laughs> Uh, if you're too young to know what a hussy is, uh, just ask somebody uh, older. You hussy, he, he ought to said, I rebuke you in the power of God. I'm not going to pay attention to you, woman. God is greater than you. Are you with me? But notice with me, he, he didn't re re respond like that. Instead, he saw Jezebel and failed to see the Lord. All he saw was the enemy, Jezebel. Instead, he listened to Jezebel's threats and they silenced God's promise. Instead, notice what he did. Fatigue led him to fear, and fear led him to doubt, and doubt led him to unbelief or faithlessness. He ran scared and found himself alone in a cave. What did God do? God came and visited him, gave him food, gave him water, and spoke to him how? in a still, small voice. He had a prophet that needed to be restored. Literally, he just got through killing the 350 prophets at Baal. You know the story, First uh, Kings chapter 18. And he just had this battle on Mount Carmel. He called this fire out of heaven. Man, and he was, trust me, I get home tonight, I crash. I'm fatigued by in the morning. Are you with me? Doing anything spiritual, your worship leader, your deacon board, when you enter into spiritual things, uh, I, I used to think, you know, it's got to be physical or it's not taxing. I can tell you there's such a thing as spiritual fatigue. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, we see the evidence Elijah was spiritually fatigued in a cave and he's saying, God, take my life. I'm ready to die. That was not the response that God wanted for him. I'm going to tell you, you can be a man of God. You can be a woman of God. You can be close to God. You can be a deacon. You can be a leader in the church. You can be right in the smack dab middle of God's perfect will and still experience spiritual fatigue. And what you need more than anything else is you need a time of refreshing. It's for you it's for me. It's for all of us. It comes from the presence of the Lord. He wants to do it for you, but it's up to you to receive it. And that is you move towards him and he'll move towards you. He will meet you at an altar of prayer. You ask, Lord, revive me, restore me, refresh me. And he will come with his spirit and he will refresh you. He'll give you times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. It's a promise, and it's a promise for you tonight.
Thank God. Can anybody say amen? Would you stand with me, please? Father, I pray that right now across this congregation, we would hear your message. This is your word for this body. And Lord, not just us that are here, but every member of this church, and not just even this church, that Lord, your children, in the hour that we live, the pressures of this life, the things that we contend with, Lord, we need times of refreshing. And Father, I pray that right now as we give this altar call tonight and as the music starts just in the background, I pray that, Lord, you would meet us at an altar of prayer. Father, break down every wall, remove every barrier, take away every obstacle that would attempt to hinder. And Lord, so draw us to you. And Lord, meet with us at an altar. And may the refreshing of the Lord come tonight. In Jesus' name. I want to ask all across the congregation if you would come and find your place to pray across the front of this church and let's come and ask God for that refreshing. Father, we pray right now as we surrender to you in a, in a move towards an altar of prayer. Lord, your word tells us that if we seek you, that you will be found. Your word tells us that you honor those that hunger and thirst after you that, Lord, they will be filled. So, Lord, now we, we show you our hunger. We show you our thirsting. Lord, we show you that we desire you. We seek you. By moving to this altar prayer, Father, we seek you. And, Lord, I pray that right now you would meet at this altar with this time of refreshing that comes from your presence. May your presence be felt by each one, Father. I pray, Father, for this deacon board, that, Lord, you would refresh them, that, Lord, you'd renew them, and that, Lord, you'd re revitalize them, Lord. May they be able to continue on, and, and may there be a wisdom and a leading and a guiding of your Holy Spirit. Your perfect will be done. God, refresh them. Refresh the worship team, Father. I pray for an anointing and equipping and empowering a prevailing of your Holy Spirit, Father. May there be a time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Father, I pray for a refreshing on the ushers, on the greeters, on the children's ministry, the youth ministry. God, bring your refreshing to this church, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you would take this church to a place of a greater effectiveness for you. Lord, may the church be relevant. May the church be able to be up to date, Father. May the church be able to reach this culture with the truth of your word. God, move by your spirit with your refreshing. God bless, God honor, God keep, God prevail. We seek you, Father. We seek you.